Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey. Today we're going to continue our monthly look at Watchmen with M Watchmen number 10. Before we open this up, Ed, tell us about Red Room. Red Room, the anti-social network trade paperback hitting shops November 9th. Jimmy, I said it before, say it again. Amazon bought half this print run, so that means that uh, all the other comic shops in the world have to fight for the rest of that uh, that half that's out there. And I much prefer people get this thing at their local comic shop, support their comic shop. Uh, so please order heavy so that you don't get lost in the sauce with the, the second you know reprint. Um, more than 70 pages of additional material. You see all these extra drawings. And you know, the, the kayfabe brothers, man, the way we rock things nowadays, if your table of contents is basic, you don't work hard enough, man. So since, since uh, the first Hip Hop Family Tree, We've been stretching those table of contents pages and no different here. I know what the ne next one's going to be for the second book. It's going to be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, if the, you think it's That disgusting. means something. Whatever yeah. you say, it's going to be disgusting and this is on the next page? Yeah, oh, man. boy. Uh, I'm also serializing the next round of Red Room comics at my Patreon, patreon.com slash and you could pre-order those new comics. It's going to start coming out in December at the Fantagraphics website. All those links in my link tree in the description below this video. Tom, where can people find your latest greatest? Here's uh, Marvel's answer to Watchmen, Fantastic Four Grand Design. It's the, it's the whole story of the Fantastic Four done in one complete volume. Uh, it's you know just a great big you know love letter to uh, Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, Joe Sinnott, all those guys. Um, Rich Buckler. Rich Buckler, and it's it's available. For, <laughs> <laughs> name name a really crazy name, uh, and it's available from uh, Marvel Comics. I'm a Rich Buckler fan. I'm, I'm proud to say it. I'm pro Rich Buckler. We'll be looking at Deathlock someday. Yeah, Deathlock's a classic. Uh, and here's <laughs> Jack Kirby, the epic life. Said with no irony. Uh, Jack Kirby, the epic life of the king of comics. It's the story of Jack Kirby's life told in comic book form. And yeah, just turn to a random page and see, you know, some, you know, legendary comic book character invented. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real trip. And um, check out my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show, and uh, go to patreon.com, search Tom Scholey, and, and see all the different comics I'm working on at the moment. You can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics like BW Zine, freshly posted this week. This collects and reflects my love of 80s black and white self-published comics. Uh, reprinting logos, panels, uh, collages, text pages, ads, all of that good stuff that uh, represents one of the early waves of self-publishing and small press and really continues to inspire me to this day. You can also see my original art, scripts, process, layout for the comics I make like Street Angel, Plain Jane's, Octobriana. And uh, you can get all of that at patreon.com slash jimrug. Good uh, Craig Storman representation in, in that BW zine. Wouldn't be much of a BW zine without some Craig Storman. But we are here to talk about number 10 of Watchmen and uh, really enjoyed this one. You yes. know, it, it's it's weird reading and rereading Watchmen in this format because I'm used to reading it in the book and probably that's what a lot of our viewers have done. And uh, the issues I find, they sort of ebb and flow. I like some better than others. I barely remembered this issue and really enjoyed reading this one. Yeah, man. The the cover is looks so fifties to me. 
you know, I know it's, it, you know, and, and his love of the 50s and EC comics and all that kind of stuff. It really, it really. You know. And this is the height of the Cold War, yeah. which goes back to those 50s. So, uh, you know, not not weird to reference the 50s for something like that, for a cover that's really showing off that Cold War era. You know, I feel like that's when Hollywood and films and photography really got into it. So it makes sense that we would see that aesthetic here. And because this is our 10th episode, and I'll say it just because we'll get 5,000 comments mentioning it if we don't. Yes, we see the smiley face. <laughs> right, yeah. Thanks, Ed. And Try to me. save us some... Uh, oh, I know it. <laughs> like, the the big, um, you know, reference is, like, you know, Dr. Strangelove, like, whenever you see these kind of things. But I also realized reading it this time around is this comes out after War Games, which was, you know, really popularized, like, the phrase, you know, DEFCON 1. Oh, you absolutely. Know. Absolutely. The nuclear football is the shape yes. of a football. <laughs> And we've gotten into, uh, you know, they, they, this is a hit, right? They figured out how to uh, use lyrics now in here, yeah, so right. we're gonna we're gonna get the Bob Dylan lyrics that, that were denied in the first issue. Two writers were approaching, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we and we see you know many examples of that. So here we have Nixon and, and his boys. Yeah, rolling in on Air Force One with your uh, football head in question strapped to his wrist. Yeah, man. Like, and this is how we always imagine it, you know, like in the text and stuff. And this is the good stuff, too. Like, he's got his, like, left-hand guy trying to talk him out of, like, uh, the Bad Bomber stuff. Then you got G. Gordon Liddy, <laughs> like, trying to talk him into doing some crazy, scary stuff. Liddy was a guest on Howard Stern Show. You yes. remember that? Yeah. And yeah. he was talking about all the weird, like, assassinations and stuff. Right. Like, just like it was for fun putting poison Tylenols in, in people's in people's houses just so that they would he called it he called it Tylenol Russian roulette and you put a poison Tylenol in there and know that there'll be or whatever the prescription is that it has a 30 day lapse you don't know when but they're going to be dead in 30 days and and that G Gordon Liddy was in like a previous issue to uh, uh congratulating uh the comedian on uh the Kennedy assassination um, and, and I'm guessing this is supposed to be Kissinger. I mean, everybody's like a little bit older than, than how you would normally see them. Cause you know, he wasn't president, uh, kids in the audience. He, uh, Nixon wasn't president in the eighties. This was an alternate universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty horrific now. Like I feel like I've listened to enough podcasts about near problems with nuclear launches oh, yeah. and, and how that process works. You go through reading this stuff and Man, it's not reassuring for modern times. There's also this great little bit, like, he has no idea where Pat Nixon is. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, she's fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she's in an undisclosed location. There's more, two more riders. Yes. I love the atmosphere. This is such a great trick, and I feel like since we started doing these Watchmen looks and looking at Dave Gibbons this way, I've been employing more of this, like, soupy atmosphere stuff to just sell you on depth more create another level of things that are close that you can push behind yeah definitely put, put put that thing in the for extreme foreground great way to get that depth going um this is such a polluted looking river oh, like, yeah. it feels like it's perfect uh again every issue we compliment higgins i'll do it here right now i love all the greens yeah, and purples and stuff i think it looks amazing i've also noted in the past like gibbon's art to me at times looks more gil kane than gil kane here, I'm going to say a little bit of Joe Kubert and some of the inking and the muck here, some of the marks. Um, now, you know, when, when, um, whenever Night Owl and Rorschach get together and they're in that owl ship and they're on the docks and in the, it goes into like super Ditko mode. Yeah. Like this is so Ditko here. Nice portly Night Owl, man. Uh, you can't 
can't often find a, a cartoonist that that can that can do that mid Carter. It's, it's really bod. great. Uh, this is just a weird nothing, but it's interesting to me how where his legs crop or basically Rorschach's crop, so it's almost like his legs are walking away. This is one of the great Alan Mooreisms, man. Just hang on by fingernails and never look down as he's hanging by his fingernails and at a very great height as he enters the uh, bedroom. And this mirrors that same like pose from like issue one right. when he's climbing in in full costume into the comedian's apartment. Yeah, absolutely. Pulling out his reserve uh, outfit or costume, I guess, as it were, and uh, has an altercation with his landlady, who, of course, said bad things about him in the press once he was arrested, but uh, backs off whenever he sees the poor the poor kids that are, you know, stuck with her. I mean, right here, he sees himself in that yeah. little dude. Like, that's exactly what we're getting right there. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a nice moment because you really see him change gears. You know, and that's not easy to show those kind of things, I think, in a oh, comic. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I feel like Alan Moore is, like, um, playing on his own biographical experience of, like, running into somebody who wrote a bad review of one of his comics. <laughs> you said some unflattering things about me in the press. <laughs> um, and then we echo, like, this is a real, all those, like, little transitions. This is a real interesting one of, like, the kids with her hand on her mom's shoulder, you know, to, you know, Bubastis, the, the lynx. Yeah, that is a really great transition. Something I think Moore was more interested in at this time as yeah. a writer. And, and you see it in the How to Write Comics uh, whole chapter book, about book it. by him. So you see that here. I think the contrast, too, and some credit to Higgins for like going very different in terms of saturation Absolutely. as we cut to a different place. But also Dave Gibbons in terms of the symmetry and the cleanliness of these. You know, it's yeah. almost cold. Taking the black off the page. A lot of, a lot of shadow. Uh, you know, dim light in in the Rorschach bit. Now we're in Xanadu. Yeah, this is like sort of like poverty, sadness, desperation, and then the, this is like the one percent. You know, living on the top of the world. You know? Right. And and like you know, reviewing this in you know COVID times, like when we flip the script and let's or something on this page, you want to talk about where he's like, you know, I need concentrated information, and he's like looking at stuff, thinking about like what he's going to invest in. Yeah. I know a lot of people that made a lot of money over this past year with the the very simple idea of like what do people need in a pinch and uh let me invest in those things that's essentially what he's doing right here well ed like that's a great point he's talking about like i see imagery of oiled muscle men firing machine guns and uh cartoon teddy bears with hearts on so uh everyone's um retreating into infantile infantile thing because of uh fear about about response wanting to run away from responsibility and i'm like man like you're you're calling us all out now you, <laughs> see, now you can't buy a copy of contra for less than a hundred dollars i was on heritage auction and saw like you know like a sealed copy of like the avengers nes game like in with all those like you know marvel original art pages and stuff yeah, it's a great scene. And again, like what makes this work great is how well it reads now. Yeah. yeah. You know, 35 years later, I mean, we have these characters that we hear, mm -hmm. you know, that, that make news and uh, are maybe controversial, but exist and certainly influence policy in, in our lives and culture and stuff. And it's, man, it's it's a pretty good uh, archetype for that. So. Yeah. Like back then it was, it was like the 1980, like Gordon and Gecko types and stuff. And, and before that, it's like people profiteering off of war and and shit and, and now it's like we have profiteering off of uh, pandemics and it's like it and it's like you know put, put up all my uh instagram uh, accounts at one time so i can see i was what's gonna going. say if you go a little bit less literal it's any one of us sitting at home in front yeah. of our screens yeah. with access to every screen ever 
and just, uh, you know, formulating crazy ideas and plots and, and thinking we can put it together with these pieces. I can, I can see this puzzle. J Jim, you are Ozymandias. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that. I don't want to be any of these characters. <laughs> Uh, man, the owl ship is just yeah, eye candy. Like, like Gibbons designed this ship for me. Yeah, this every is, time I see it, I love it. This is like the aspect of Watchmen that is kind of like the most copied, and like where you, it's like, oh, this is a really cool, you know, badass, uh, you know, superhero with a cool ship. You know, I have Sorry. no idea how popular like UFO stories and uh, UFOs in water were in the '80s when this is coming together. But I mean, that's a really common UFO element of ufo sightings today is how much they come in and out of water and like it, it's a you know it's the perfect shape but i have no idea if that's something that's on the radar of either of those guys or not you know at this time i mean i was talking about seeing snake gods and stuff it, it surprised <laughs> me that's true i love this moment this is uh like a moment of friendship right this is probably one of the again one of the few moments of rorschach we saw it a couple pages ago where he he connects to that kid and backs off there's a moment here where he recognizes a friendship with Night Owl, and it's kind of great. It's the human moment of Rorschach, which in a way I hate because I think Rorschach's a scumbag and we shouldn't glorify him, but it's a great human moment of him. It's, it's, it's what makes a comic like this, what elevates it from your typical superhero comic is the complexity of these characters, and it's a moment like this that makes Rorschach complex. And it's what you do before you vaporize the guy. True. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, and even in this moment of like, I don't know, sentimentality or whatever, you know, he's got to, you know, follow it up with a joke, you know, about like <laughs> how the guy won't let go of the handshake. Yes. You know, there's a beat there. He's definitely creepy. See, another example of that soupy atmosphere, like bef like in front of and behind the buoy. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. And the great color, which reflects the uh, Black Freighter comic book that we were yeah, watching, yeah. like the same color scheme now for them. It's almost like it's bleeding into their world. And that just looks like mud that they're coming out of. Totally. You never see anybody use, like you have access. This, to me, the yellow with the black in it, that's like Kamiko coloring. Like when Kamiko was like, Marvel and DC, they only have 64 colors. We have 128 colors. <laughs> and then when you look at their color guide, it's like, yeah, well, all those colors have black in it and it looks like diarrhea, but it works perfectly for this scenario. That little bit of like uh, turquoise blue that they put in there just to make that uh -huh. orange pop. Oh yeah. yeah. Really subtle. And we get some of the, the Black Freighter and a disturbing chapter of the Black Freighter yeah, story. It's culminating he's, he's, here. He's, yeah. he's around the bend. He's made it home where uh, he he believes pirates have seized on his colony and his true love and has just killed them all. And whenever he sees a couple of those uh, colonists, it's like they must be work they they must be in cahoots with the pirates. Two, two riders, by the way. Yes, once again, and uh, it kills them and yes. describes how they both die. This is um, like like a theme that Moore returns to again and again: the idea of somebody who has created their own personal narrative where they're a hero. And they're going to save the world and they're going to get the bad guys and it makes them do something completely unhinged and like cause all kinds of destruction in you know be because they're living out this uh self-inflating fantasy it's also cool what he's doing where the captions from the comics are now overlapping the real life mm -hmm. the blurring of that fantasy versus reality and i mean for us reading it it's a hundred percent right because like we cut from comic book to fake news uh headline here I love that layering. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good technique. Two Jehovah's Witnesses writing, approaching. Do we think he's gone overboard with the two <laughs> riders? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. 
another fun color choice you know if this is recolored and i guess there is a recolored one i bet those two figures are not red standing in the middle of the panel yeah i, I bet they're brown <laughs> uh Another fun scene where they switch kind of roles a little bit. Rorschach is looking for information. They want to know who, who tried to kill Ozymandias. And, uh, you know, they're going to these underworld bars and he's torturing it out of people. Um, everybody sells him out, by the way, like this panel where they're all looking at him whenever he's like, all right, who did this? And everybody just stares at him. It's a good call back yeah. because, uh, you know, these people, they know Rorschach now. Absolutely. But uh, the flip is Dan, Night Owl, losing his shit whenever he finds out about Hollis and that this guy might know something or be involved in it, and Rorschach has to pull him off. And now we're getting, like, the larger conspiracy. You start to, like, figure out the shape of this, like, larger conspiracy that was mainly shadowy stuff in the background. Yeah, like, when you start seeing the pyramid and stuff, and also just the, the color. I mean, we, we saw versions of that just at that Xanadu. You know, this pyramid thing, all the Egyptian motifs and stuff, this is like a, like a death barge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, call back to the Black Freighter comic. You know, yeah. we've been watching horror on the high seas in comic form. We're going to see a little bit more. But I love the green water of the ocean at night. I always think, Ed, whenever you say, you know, don't color the sky blue, I feel like same thing with water. Like, just don't do not do the local color choice. Figure out something else that works. Because it definitely sets a mood having that kind of green and, and secondary lighting. But as our barge of artists and intellectuals floats back to civilization after working on their mystery project, we see that blow up. The uh, Hitchcock Truffaut shows the bomb. <laughs> Jim, is this what, uh, why they haven't announced your mystery project yet? They're going to like kill everybody involved first. <laughs> <laughs> Curse you, Tom. Um, I like how they show the bomb, too, because they're, these two have snuck off to uh, get a little, a little uh, hey, loving under the deck, and he sees the bomb, and she does not. And she's just excited to be with this guy she loves, and he's like, uh, she's like, what's wrong? He says, nothing. Nothing's wrong. Yeah, he chooses not to tell her. and Kind of a moment of tenderness there, which, again, I'm impressed anytime these kind of things are expressed in a comic book, especially a superhero comic book. And a little piece of her drawing gets washed up on the shore. All right, so checking out uh, checking out Ozymandias' office. Uh, try to find clues, what they missed. Yeah, this is like the exposition part. And, and like the first time reading... Watchmen, I'm like, oh, cool, we're going to figure out what's going on. And then having read it a bunch of times, this this part kind of checked out a little bit, you know, reading it. You know, this is perfunctory. I mean, like, it's a necessary step the story has to take, you know, but not not the most exciting to me, at least. I think it's cool the link that Moore makes with uh, Egyptian pharaohs and religions and gods connected to, like, modern-day superheroes. I feel like that's mm -hmm. a very deliberate choice and kind of makes sense. And not, not original either. I mean, like, Kirby would link gods and superheroes, of course. Uh, the ship once again coming up. Thank you, Dave Gibbons, for making these panels for me. I enjoy them. Great perspective. They've made their connection now. Rorschach finishes up his journal, drops it off. Uh, very wordy here at the end, you know. Maybe he sees the end as in sight and gets signing a little, uh, little, little sensitive there. A little sentimental as he's signing it off. Yeah, with his cool signature. <laughs> Colored wrong. You know, the RR signature color. Right, yeah, they're co coloring it as if it's a sign on this wall. You know? Yeah, somebody wheat-pasted Rorschach symbol next to the next to the Fallout Shelter sign. Oh, that's what Dave Gibbons was like, you know what, Higgins? <laughs> gonna, have to, gonna have to recolor this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably the, the reason. Uh, and, and here we're getting some signature Watchmen stuff where we're like now intercutting the, the Black Freighter panel by panel with the stuff that's really happening and 
uh, flip-flopping the the comic book narration and the real life narration playing with care one going from one character to uh the next character comes up gives him his mail and now we're following that next character i feel like that's a very cinematic thing yeah it's cool and he's delivering mail to this right-wing uh conspiracy newspaper yeah the new frontiersman and that's the uh the rorschach journal being delivered there put it on a slush pile and and we're saw... planning to destroy that they announced they're planning to destroy we saw a, an excerpt of it in like a previous issues back matter and it's just like a straight up like racist uh th- thing too. so this is uh uh rorschach's favorite magazine right <laughs> and we're back to rorschach being a scumbag yeah he's he's yeah he's, i mean he's gone to that uh news vendor several times like like looking for like the new new issue and stuff so it's you know well established as being a coop amazing coloring choices yeah. here this is the first time we're seeing this pure blue this issue maybe this comic book i yeah. mean there's so many secondary colors throughout this comic so we get here and what is it it's cold you know the ship is going to crash the engines are failing with ice but it's just like it's all in the color in this panel great drawing from dave gibbons that doesn't look like dave gibbons like it looks like a different he's using some different like air or somebody yeah very clean yeah line. like peter max you know it, it feels like something else and i really like it Guy peeler it really yeah that, totally that makes sense great panel of the uh the diving failing owl ship i i feel like they stole this for uh the force awakens when the millennium falcon lands in the snow could be <laughs> that's pretty good though for movement of the ship just barely clearing the cliff you know being able to animate something that is an oval I've said it four times already this episode, but I mean, like, that shit's impossible to draw. Yeah. Uh, DC Comics, Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons. Fucking shame there's not a thousand Watchmen comics, you know, by by that team. How, yeah, I mean, how could they have possibly done that, right? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't keep a writer on your, uh, you know, in, in your publishing house, would you? Just because they produce something extraordinary? Hey, man, writers don't sell under ruse. Little <laughs> Superman symbols do. And here's where we get the, uh, the, the Night Owl Watchmen. This is where we can curse Dave Gibbons for running Alan Moore off. Got to put him in the snow in the snow owl costume. Yeah, and this is like when you get the uh, Arctic Batman totally. action figure. One hundred percent. Yeah, pure white Batman action figure, and it says Dark Knight on the on the <laughs> on the cardboard box. Man, if night, yeah, if you can make Night Owl look any cooler, that's pretty good. The the, the snow costume, it's, having it's that ready funny, to go. Man. It is very funny. <laughs> it's so silly. It looks awesome though, like on the monitor where you just see the little whites of the eyes. Oh, freaking uh, Moon Knight! He, he's wearing Nana's fur coat, you know. <laughs> Boy, those our two Moon Knight fans are going to be mad at that. <laughs> you mean that too? Yes, that's fans. what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all the pieces basically in place, right? I mean, all we're waiting for now is Doctor Manhattan and uh, Doctor Manhattan to show up. But certainly, we are getting the pieces aligned for the big finale oh yeah man great final panel and i love how um you know the colors kind of you know you know they go into a different mode or something i'm doing my best not to look ahead but i do remember the part where he's like i wouldn't have told you my whole my whole plan if it didn't already happen it happened 30, 30 minutes ago and i wonder if it's the last panel of that issue i don't i don't quite remember you know it's funny reading this i was like <clears throat> you know i know watchmen pretty well and i'm like oh, is this the episode where everything blows up? You know, is this the issue where everything blows up? It's like, no, it isn't like, you know, but he really saves it for the next to last issue. You know, you can't have like everything blow up and then be like, oh, we got a couple more issues to go, folks, you know. 
man, the toy layouts, talk about dooming yourself. Like, <laughs> you can't do this and not expect it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, Moore is a magi- like, he knows that, yes, like, right. he had to know that picture shows up, it's manifested, like, that's a reality just, just waiting to happen. Super so, fun, man. Watchmen number 10, uh, pretty good issue, I think, you know, like, I feel like our momentum yeah. is building now, I'm, I'm very excited for the next one. You know, when we complete the whole saga, I'm going to stitch a video together with it all, that's going to be an epic vid, man. Yeah, I'll go from saying five times how impressive it is what they do here to saying it, like, 65. Yep. I don't know if you guys read the the back matter in this, but when he's talking about the toy stuff, it is he's like, um, you know, we got a problem here. We got to come up with some bad guys. We got we got t- too many heroes. We got to come up with some bad guys. We can't use real life bad guys. That's distasteful. So we got to come up with some you know made up terrorist team. It's you know like basically the co- conversations that were coming up with like GI Joe, and uh, <laughs> you know, and, and probably like superpowers when they were turning this the. Uh, justice league into toys around this time of like where do we go for villains all the villains at dc suck and it's like oh well how about those jack kirby villains we'll, we'll roll those guys out yeah kind of kind of fun fun notes mm-hmm. a lot of this back matter pretty uh inspired there it is man 10th month of the year 10th issue of watchmen stay tuned next month gonna do a fresh one kfabers like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available What's out there, Jimmy? Join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug, where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. About a dozen of them are available. You can see my original art, uh, scripts, sketches, process, how I make Street Angel, Plain Janes, Octobriana, and more at Patreon.com slash JimRug. Read Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics. Fantastic four grand design. Uh, On my Patreon, I started a new comic called Monster Society. Uh, Go to Patreon.com, search Tom Scholey, and check out my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show. Red Room Comics, uh, the anti-social network trade paperback hit in stores November 9th. Uh, Go to your local comic shop, pre-order this thing. Uh, Half the print run got taken by Amazon, and I want comic shops to absolutely have the the rest uh, to to sell. Um, Also serializing the next round of comics at my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor. You could pre-order the first issue of the next round uh, that'll start coming out in December at the Fantagraphics website. All those links in my link tree. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise like this shirt at the links below this video. Given those margin orders, Jimmy, we're gonna be on our way. Read more comics.